urban legends, horrifying tales passed down from generations, stories that happened to a friend of a friend, fables that were lessons that are never learnt until it's too late. There's a morbid curiosity the truth behind the legends, and they work through the conviction of the storyteller. Friends swear this happened to a friend's friend, but what's the truth? It's universal knowledge that urban legends are not accurate retellings, but rather warnings or tales to scare the young. But surely, such renowned tales must have started somewhere. Is there a grain of truth buried in the sands of myth? Today we're focusing on the legend of the Hookman. A big man. Carrying a weapon, some kind of a hook. The hell happened? Hook man. You saw him? Damn right. He's got this long, sharp hook for a hand. Dude, you're telling it wrong. Shut up. So the girl, she gets all scared, right? She wants to go home. And the boy, all hot and bothered, he gets pissed and peels out. No, no, no. That's not the way it goes. Okay, the boy goes for help, and the girl stays in the car, and she hears this... Like a scratching sound. It's not a scratching sound. It's a drip. No. It was a dark December night. A car speeds quickly towards Lover's Lane, overlooking the breathtaking view. A strong sexual passion flowed. My parents are going to freak if they knew. They won't know, babe. We interrupt this broadcast with urgent news. A man described as 6'1", late 40s, with a missing right hand has escaped the local Greengate Mental Asylum. He may have replaced his right hand with a large meat hook once used to commit extreme acts of violence. If sighted, do not approach. He is extremely dangerous. Stay indoors and stay safe. Thank you. We now return to the regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Rick, Rick, I think we should go home. I don't have a good feeling about this. Babe. Away. Anyway, you got me here to protect you. <laughs> okay. As long as you hear, I'm sure I'll be fine. I promise, babe. <laughs> mm, we're safe. <laughs> and speaking of, mm. I happen to have a. Uh, mm. You know, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? No, babe. It was just a word. Relax. Okay. <laughs> 
Rick, you must have heard that. I want to go home. There's branches on the trees, babe. No, it's not. I'm really freaked out and I'm never going to let you get past second base if you don't drive me home right now. Uh, fine. Babe, we'll go. Thank you. Rick? Rick, what's wrong? <gasps> Embedded deeply within the metal door was a large hook. Rust, similar to but not disguising the bloodstains covering the blade. There is an alternative ending, merging the hook and the boyfriend, Urban Legends. And if you're in a nervous disposition or faint of heart, skip the next minute or so, and keep the myth scary, but not disturbing. Rick, you must have heard that. I want to go home. Uh, Kathy, it's gonna be nothing. Probably some perv watching in the bushes. I'll scare him off. He's dead here. Rick, please don't. Hey, Donnie! Donnie, is that you? Rick? Stepping out of the car, Kathy turns slowly to witness Rick, suspended upside down from a tree branch. His torso ripped open, all the way from his abdomen to his neck, his fingernails scraping along the car roof as a blood drip. Hello guys, and welcome to a friend of a friend podcast, the fact behind the fiction. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, it's based upon the Hookman, as mentioned previously from the retelling, and I hope you enjoy. So welcome to a friend of a friend podcast, I am Kate Smith, your host, and I am here with my co-host for the evening, Kat Sodi. Hi, I'm Kat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, today, as you have heard just before this, uh, we are talking about the Hookman legend and its origin. So you've just heard like a snippet because I told you the Hookman legend. Yeah. Um, what do you think of it so far? Do you think there's any truth in it? I don't think there's any solid concrete truth in it. However, the stories are very scary. So if you was told that as a young child, it would prevent you... Considering how much truth you believe is in it and how the story's been told, it would stop you from going out late at night. 
with your other half in a car. <laughs> Indeed, especially because um, due to the fact it was told to the younger generation, especially because Urban Legends, and it is more about the fact that, hence the name of the podcast, it's been, it happens to a friend of a friend whenever someone tells the story. Yeah. Uh, trying to make it sort of sound realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have three different possible origins. The one thing that it has been pinpointed back to is the it will have started roughly in America in around the 1950s. But that's all we really know because no one really knows where the legend originally came from. But that's where it's been pinpointed by um, folklorists and people that study the actual urban legends themselves. So, um, first things first, we have three different options for the origins. We have that it is completely made up, and we have points for that, and we can argue for and against it. We have another legend called the Green Man legend that is much more true, but still has uh, the actual legend of the Green Man itself isn't completely accurate, but it does have, obviously, it's based upon a true person, which could be the origin of the Hook legend. And also there is the Tex Arcana, Arcana, Moonlight Murders, or the Phantom Killer, that was a murder spree that happened in 1946 in Tex Arcana, which is between Texas and Arkansas right. in America. Uh, which do you want to go into first? Um, the Green Man sounds quite interesting. The Green Man legend. <laughs> the Green Man legend um, is based upon a man called Raymond Ray Robinson. When he was nine years old, this is in the 50s in fact, that um, this happened especially because he lived quite a long life as well, which is good. Um, when he was nine years old, he was severely disfigured because his friends dared him to touch a bird nest or go see that there were birds in the nest um, running along a railroad bridge and the vaults were between 1,200 and 22,000 volts. Um, And also a year earlier, a little boy um, who was 12, uh, Raymond was nine at the time when this happened, but a year earlier, Robert Little, he died from doing the exact same thing. Um, But with Raymond, he actually, sadly, he ended up with severe burns on his upper chest, lost both of his eyes, part of his ear, his nose, and an arm below the elbow as well as the area around his mouth being severely disfigured as well. And the legend surrounding it that's not quite accurate is um, the fact that they say he had a green glow and also he almost had electric powers. He could cause cars to completely cut out and things like that, but that obviously isn't actually accurate. Apparently he always wore green shirts when he went walking and things like that. Um, So that is best around the Green Man legend because he didn't always want to go out in the daytime uh, because he feared that it would cause a panic for the people to see him because he was very severely disfigured. Um, So he would take long walks at night. Now, this, the points for this being the actual legend is one, he always went out for late night walks along highways and it's when he felt most safe really, so this isn't exactly how the legend could have started but at the same time there's a figure that people fear and things like that. Uh, Same origin period, this was in the 1950s that he would, he was a man at that point and he was going on his walks and also um, it's sad to say that he would have a reason for wearing a mask like the killer in the Hook legend. Um, 
And that is basically really where that legend could have come from in the sense it's a scary figure scaring people at night. And sadly, at one point, apparently he would go into bushes and trees when cars passed because it wasn't the first time he's been hit by a car because of his appearance as well. That's awful. Yeah. So that um, is one possible origin for it in the sense it created a fear even though there was nothing to fear. How do you feel about that possibly being the... What do you think are the points against this being the legend? I feel that he's got every right to go out at the night time because nobody likes to be stared at, even if you have, you know, the standard eyes, nose, mouth. If someone's self-conscious about their appearance. But if you've had something as tragic as that happen to you as a young child and you're always going to get stared at, you're probably wanting to protect yourself, your own you know, mm. your own self and your feelings as well as other people. Um, with the hiding in bushes, if he's been hit by cars before, it's awful if a car would have hit him because of his mm. appearance. Yeah. But he's got every right to protect himself. However, when you were telling me the facts, was there anything that, about that story, was there anything to say that he'd gone and killed anybody? No, there wasn't at all. So they're just pinning this. Yeah. Some say that urban legends are based around a fear of something, a fear of society. So the urban legend mostly could be completely false, but this could be an origin in the fact they projected their fear onto him, even mm. though there was nothing to fear. Yeah, so that's... Are you thinking that that could be an origin story, or do you think that's just a matter of... Maybe just linking... Yeah, or just people being a bit cruel People being cruel and yeah. making up stories. People do that, you know. They. It's so easy to make up stories. Mm. And it gets twisted every time it gets told to another person. They'll add something, and then yeah. something else gets added. And then next thing you know, you have this urban legend pinned to this man who, bless him, probably was just walking yeah. the streets at night trying to get some fresh air. But nobody really knows. Yeah, very true. Um, due to the fact we went on to the Green Man legend, we might as well go on to the, in my opinion, probably the most likely origin. The Tex Arcana Moonlight Murders. Mm. Uh, which is a horrifying story because within around, I believe, three weeks, uh, a phantom killer who was never found uh, murdered five people and also attacked three others. <clears throat> what happened with the uh, Texas kind of Moonlight Murders is it started in 1946, right. so once again it's around the 50s, which is where roughly we believe it originated. Um, so basically a sadistic killer dressed in a white mask, uh, he terrorised the town during the night. This happened usually on the outskirts of town with couples in cars, usually very young couples as well, uh, teenagers for example. Uh, the first attack was in February tw the 22nd, 1946, where Jimmy Hollis and Mary Jean Larry, Jean Larry, uh, was attacked. Luckily, even though they were his first victims, they actually s survived. Yeah. Um, what happened was Jimmy was ordered to take off his pants and then he proceeded to beat him and fracture his skull. He luckily survived the attack and then um, Mary ran off uh, and he did that to taunt her and then he obviously caught her and uh, uh, sexually abused her which is absolutely disgusting yeah. but then he went on not too long after that he uh, Richard Griffith, Griffin and Polly Ann Moore were found dead in a parked car at the end of a secluded road 
Uh, they were very young as well. And then the and two other victims, Paul Martin and Betty Jo Booker. And Betty Jo Booker was the youngest victim. She was only 15 at the time, uh, which is absolutely horrible, obviously. But mm. this sort of is a bit like the legend in the sense they're couples in cars at night, um, obviously going to secluded areas to have a bit of fun. So in that, in that sense, and obviously a killer has come along and been very horrible to them. And let's have a look. Oh yeah, and the last one, which it actually, the last murders or murder that happened uh, was actually in a farmhouse. So it was completely different to his other murders, but it also, they, uh, I believe they later said it wasn't the work of the Phantom Killer. But Virgil Stark and his wife Katie, uh, Katie managed to escape and go to a neighbour's house. But Virgil sadly was shot twice in the back of the head at his farmhouse, uh, which is absolutely horrendous and horrible. Um, but no one was ever found for the Moonlight Murders. The reasons why this could be the origin, obviously, it was the 1950s or 1940s, which is where it began. In America, obviously, sadistic killer in a white mask. Um, obviously, very young couples in cars. Um, and also, one thing that's very interesting is the town um, Arcana. It's very interesting the fact that they sort of embrace the horrific past. Like, it inspired a movie called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. And some of the actual um, people that lived in the town during this, they were extras in the movie and things what? like that. So, and also, I believe every year they screen that at like a drive-in movie theatre as well. Yeah, so it's very... So I don't think it's too far of them to like want that to be an urban legend because it does mm. fit very well with the story and some do think this is the actual origin story of it. Um, so with that in mind, what do you think about this being the origin of it? Okay, well, I'd say compared to the last one, this does, it relates very much to it. However, I'm very sceptical, as you know. Mm. Were the murders definitely the same person that had attacked each couple? Like, was it the same murderer? As you said, they were never found. Yes, I believe so. It was mostly with a shotgun. Right, okay, yeah. So that answers my question there. Um, and why, why would he just stop after the farmhouse shooting? Some people believe that um, it was this young guy, I don't quite remember his name, but he got arrested for stealing a car. Right. And they believe he might have been the phantom killer and it was the arresting that stopped the killings. See, that freaks me out a lot. Um, mm. I, d I think it does relate very much to the urban legend of the Hookman. It's young couples. It's in America around the same time. People have actually been killed if not attacked and survived and been able to tell the stories of their experiences. You know, it's happened. Mm. Um, that urban legend, that story, sorry, um, does very much link to the urban legend, in my eyes, like from yeah. what I've heard. Um, the only one thing that obviously is missing from the story is no hook, hook. but same with the green man. That's not really in mm. any of the actual <clears throat> stories. I don't think there's ever been a serial killer who's ever had a hook for a hand. Yeah, true. So it's very interesting to sort of try and figure out where that came from. It's probably just more of a fear of some kind of weapon that would scare people in general more than anything. Um, so the last one, which is probably more of a discussion one, is that it's complete myth. It has no origin whatsoever. Urban legend, completely incorrect 
and false. So, um, in the research, there has been no serial killers, as I've just said, that have killed with a hook or have been caught with a hook. Yeah. There are people that have been on killing sprees and have escaped from mental institutions and things Mm. like that. But there is no connection, really, because I found one called Earl Nelson, and it was in 1918 that he escaped and went on to do more murders, which would work, but at the same time, uh, they're in no way connected to the legend, apart from the fact he's escaped. So it is possible that just basically every part of a legend has just been brought together to be one different, one different, complete, completely false tale, really. some claim the hook legend is about warning teenagers away from premarital sex, mm. hence why they're attacked on Lover's Lane or Makeout Point, whatever you want to call it. What do you think about that being a point? Well, I would be terrified. Not that I would ever do that as a young child, but if you were told <laughs> that by your friends, or yeah. not only are your, friend, are your friends scared, but mm. you're also scared. So it's actually preventing people from going out late at night sneaking off, just for mm. the fear. It's like... If you're told something and you think there's some truth to it, you're not going to test your luck. You're going to... And as well, because it's an urban legend, it would have spread very quickly. And the more people that know, the more it's going to get spread, the more fear that's instilled in you, the more you hear something, the more... If that makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. How do you feel about... How do you, What do you think sex education would have been like in the 50s? I think it would have been better than what it is today <laughs> because there's so many young pregnancies but um, at the same time women were they did used to get married young so they mm. had they kind of just it's weird oh gosh you don't know yeah. between that period because it's gone from people marrying really young to people having children really young but not having mm. like the partners so I feel that sex has always been in a young child's head you know once your hormones kick in it's yeah. just the fit like you know the thrill of thinking oh let's do this that um but i think back then i don't think there would have been a lot of um mm. awareness to it it's just kids went and did what they want which is why they would be more likely to go out in a car and pull up yeah. a lot because you're not going to do it in your parents house. whereas now nowadays it is more acceptable to make out mm. on your sofa whilst, yeah. not in my culture, but <laughs> you know, normally in say in America as well, people mm. do go on and chill. Whereas back then, I feel like if you wanted to have that bit, bit of alone time with the hormones rushing and everything, you would have to go in the car. And also, you could drive at a younger age back yeah. then. Well, you still can in America back then, so it's easier just to get off in a car, yeah. drive down. So, I, yeah, I think the sex education back then, I don't think it would have been a lot of awareness but at the same time they were aware of sex so they would have yes well when they were teaching sex they'd always call it sexual intercourse and they would right. separate the boys from the girls and teach them separately they wouldn't say how it was done they'd just show them diagrams <laughs> of sperm and an egg for example but they'd never say sperm and egg they'd just be like intercourse uh. <laughs> intercourse read the book sort of thing um also one of the main things that back then was probably kind of obvious they were taught abstinence, which is waiting until marriage. That was always really drilled into them. So this idea of them being taught abstinence in the 50s, which was prevalent in that time, how do you feel about that in in connection to the legend? It's just another... So in connection to the legend, if you're trying to instill abstinence into your child's head, if you also tell them this urban legend, whether there's truth to it or not, which 
as we were saying before, mm -hmm. like it could be just a, a theory. It would scare them, <clears throat> you know, yeah. you wouldn't want to sneak off and then you would just think it's not worth it. I wouldn't go off in a car with my other half and risk getting killed because you're mm. when that person's be when the pe parents telling their children you know don't have sex when you're young but if you do this is what yeah. will happen you're going to be terrified you're not going to want to risk mm. it and the younger you are when you hear things the more gullible you are i feel yeah. and they won't have had social media and internet to you know research just what your parents say is yeah and that's very true with what we've even said about the beginning about it's about how someone tells the tale and as parents they probably will have said it oh it's uh, so-and-so's daughter or so-and-so's yeah. friend this sadly happened to them kind of thing because um, they localize every legend that's probably one of the reasons why the legends carried out into the modern day just the fact that it's kind of warning people in a way because so many people still believe in abstinence especially in parts of america as well yeah no they do they're very strong believers of it aren't they mm. Um, and also just to add with where it came with the 50s sexual education, this was also in the 60s that this happened, so just before the sexual revolution. Um, women were taught to obey their husbands, should they suggest any of the more unusual practices, the husbandesses. Um, and if the wife didn't want to engage in such things, they were to register any reluctance by maintaining silence. <laughs> so the fact that this was sort of taught to students as kids, the idea that the parents would make up a horrific tale to scare them into not having sex, that's probably quite accurate in that sense. Yeah, it, and I think with any parent and child, the parents would still think the same today if they can, what's the word, prevent their children from doing something against their wishes. Yeah. They will go to any extreme. Well, not any extreme, but you know, if you can <laughs> yeah. just prevent them from doing so by saying a few words and adding a few little Oh, and in so and so, and it was this person that you know, and it's gonna yeah. scare the living daylights out of you. So you're not gonna, you just don't question it. You just think, right? Yeah, definitely. And um, another thing, just to add to the idea that it's completely made up, uh, I've seen hooks apparently being interpreted. Interpreted, should I say? <laughs> interpreted. <laughs> I've seen them be interpreted. Interpreted. Yes. <laughs> as um, sort of almost meaning kind of sexual connotations. Um, I've seen that very loosely, but obviously hooks. Uh, I've seen things about dreams and things like that, which is hooking people, or um, if you have been hooked in a dream, it would mean that you're being manipulated to do something. Uh, which is interesting in the sense that maybe that's even part of the tale because it's the parents sort of trying to influence them yeah and even if it's not that they could be saying that the boyfriend wanting to do it which is always the case in the tale it's more the boyfriend wanting to do it more than the girl yeah so that idea that maybe they're trying to subliminally i said that like, word so slowly <laughs> but it, it was right but no i get you because at the same time both have to consent like the girl has to say yeah i'll go for a drive with you to the guy he's not going to drive by himself and make up with like the car head seat is he no he's gonna want the girl <laughs> yeah but if the girl's not going to want to if the girl's not going to want to take that risk and mm. you know and she's scared she's not gonna yeah go. and then the guy can't go so basically you're killing two birds with one stone exactly and uh one last thing on this obviously the word hook there is an extension of the word hook. Uh, 
hooker. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning prostitute. See, I knew that without you even prompting <laughs> me, which shows how. Yeah. So when it comes to that idea that it means sort of, it could be a reference to prostitutes hooking or snaring clients kind of thing. Um, the first use of the word hooker, because I was just making sure it was past the 50s it was used, yeah. which it was, uh, was apparently in... Well, sailors used it in the... 1800s, 1859, sailors used hooker to mean resident of the hook, i.e. a strumpet yeah. or a lady of the night. Uh, then, obviously, in the 1560s, they were thieves, thieves or pickpockets. <laughs> uh, in the early 500, um, yeah, 15th century, should mm-hmm. I say, uh, it's to be attracted or caught and then also fishing for a husband or wife kind oh, of thing. Okay, you're going to... Yeah, yeah, gonna hook them. So this idea of hooks being almost sexual, especially with the word hooker and hooking things in general, I can see why that would be a symbol rather than anything else. Yeah. Than just to scare them. Um, so these are the three different origins that I've researched. I couldn't really find anything else. Even the green man was a fairly loose one that I managed to really dig deep to find anything on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think of the three? So there's the Green Man legend. The Green Man, I, I kind of feel a bit of compassion towards him because it's mm. horrible injury. Is this the picture that you showed me? Yes, Because I've was. seen, I have seen a picture of the Green Man um, earlier this week and his face does look very deformed. It's not his fault and if you're going to mm. want to, I'm very much for do what you want, so if you're yeah. going to want to avoid seeing people in the day um, and have strolls at night, fair like fair dues, you do it, but he wasn't arrested in murder, like he never committed any murders, so yeah. I don't think that's where the, I think it links to the whole scary appearance, you know, walking around late at night, but yeah. he didn't approach any couples, so I can't see it being that one. The phantom Yeah, murderer. the phantom killer, the phantom moonlight killer. murders, yeah. The fact how you were saying as well, how that town, they celebrate it, you know, once a year screening it, and yeah. they made a film out of it. I can see it originating from there and just the hook being mm. added as in it like you said it's very related to sexual like activity and yeah and it's got a sexual link to it so I can see sort of getting part of a story and forming it into an urban legend yeah. to scare your children off because mm. at the same time you're not going to want your children to take the risk but if you make this killer seem even scarier and that he's still out there yeah and then the third one, which does seem the more realistic one. Mm. I think it's a close call between the two because there is a lot of evil out there. And like mm. things have happened, like for example, Yorkshire Ripper here. Yeah. Things have happened, you know, mass murderers, mass massacres and stuff. Um, so with the theory that it's all complete lies, <laughs> not gonna swear, <laughs> but all complete lies, yeah. I can see that as well because parents want the best for their children. And if you can tell them something where you know they're at that age where they'll believe it and they haven't, they're not na- they're still a bit naive where they haven't tried anything yet, they're just still a bit, do I, do I not? Yeah. All you need to do is to sway them to the do I not, you tell them a terrifying tale and they're not going to go out late at night and, you know, risk their lives. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you're kind of thinking that maybe it's mostly made up, but yeah. the parents of the people might have even just based upon the idea, just to give it a little bit more evidence, they might have seen um, that this phantom killer has been out there. Yeah. And possibly will have connected it to there to scare the kids. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. That, that's my theory, which may sound really silly, but... 
No, that's completely logical. Um, it's very hard to obviously pinpoint down because one, the phantom killer was never found, never had a hook. Yeah, is he ever going to be scared sleeping at night? <laughs> <laughs> Not in America, thank God. Exactly. Um, also, one um, quick point just to add there because I remembered. Um, you know how you were saying that um, the phantom killer was had a shotgun? Yeah. Well, shotguns, like, they're kind of legal in America. If you have a license, even back then, mm. you were still legal to use them. So you, if your child was to rhetorically answer back saying, well, anyone can shoot me, you're not going to stop me going out in the day. Yeah. To add a hook, like, to the mm. urban legend, it just adds that bit. It makes it a bit more less less realistic, but more horrific. In, yeah. It's more... This is what I've always thought with uh, murder in general, which is obviously a horrible topic to discuss but I always think people that shoot people it's more cold and detached yeah people that stab people especially with a hook if that's attached mm. to you that's a much more intimate and vindictive yep. thing to do because it's not detached you literally especially with a hook you are actually connected to that person which now I think about it is another almost sexual connotation in a weird way yeah, I mean, this, like, you know, the the phantom killer, he obviously had a kind of fetish for couples because mm. he'd go out and try to kill them both. And when the, with the first couple, when he raped the girl, yeah, it's not nice. Obviously, no. it's not nice. But if you, like you said, if you have a hook, and if you are out as well late at night, for example, you are more likely to hear, you know, the trees whistling, things going yeah. against your car. You can relate it to a hook. Whereas shot yeah. you just, it's then and there and... Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so with urban legends in general, in my opinion, I think, probably like you said, I actually do think there is some truth to it. Yeah. So, yeah, with the Hookman legend, I don't think the Green Man will be connected to it. Uh, with the Moonlight Murders, I do believe it probably has some sort of origin mm. in that story because it is eerily similar with... The killer going after young couples in cars just off the road, off town. Uh, I believe Lover's Lane was where the first attack was carried out. Yeah. Um, obviously a masked phantom killer who was never caught. That's always a good start for an urban legend. And mm -hmm. many have said it does sound like an urban legend. Uh, so that's always very interesting. But with the idea that um, urban legends... It's completely that, it's to scare kids. It was the 50s, they preach abstinence, they don't want kids having sex. So they invent this hook-handed killer, which obviously has a load of connotations to do with sex, as we've discussed. An actual folklorist uh, called Mikhail Coven, he said, urban legends are also good indicators of what's going on in current society. And it also, get you get an insight into the fears of a group in society. Um, that almost links to the Green Man legend once again, as I've said about the fear of him. Yeah. Um, but in general, that would link immediately to it being false and yeah. it being just no origin. But at the same time, there's just a little bit too much evidence for me to think it's not connected to the Texarkana yeah. Moonlight Murders. I agree. I do completely agree with that. And what that there had I not have heard the Texarkana whatever it's called, <laughs> yeah. massacre, um, Moonlight Murders, I would have completely thought, yeah, there's no relic like link. Mm. Whereas when you heard that other story, which was before it came about, you know, with the phantom murderer, mm. how you, um, it instructed, like your fears of what yeah. bring about the urban legends, but 
that did happen. The Phantom yeah. murders did happen. So it's very easy to add your fears to this urban legend. Mm. And it may not be completely true, but will have some truth in it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think this urban legend, we have our opinions. I'd love to hear your opinions. Um, this obviously will be on SoundCloud, iTunes possibly. We'll try and get it as far as possible. Uh, so thank you for listening to the first episode. Uh, comment down below if you have any any other theories even, or if you think one of the three is in fact where it began. Uh, let us know. We've had a lot of fun filming, and I hope you guys have a very good night. Yeah. And <laughs> Don't be going out in any cars with your other halves. <laughs> that rhymes. And I think episode two will be on Bloody Mary, so stay tuned for that. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary.